And friends, I want to encourage you to take your copy of the scriptures this morning. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm excited about this message because there is truth for everybody in this. Sometimes when it's Mother's Day, we hear all about moms, and, but this, this, this sermon has something for everybody. Nobody leaves here empty-handed today. Well, dads, here it is, Father's Day. What did you get for Father's Day, huh? Now, it may very well be that some of you kids here haven't quite figured out what you want to get for dad. So there's the classic coffee mug, because who doesn't drink coffee, right? Everybody needs something to drink out of. You say, ah, oh, same old idea. What about a hammer? Friends, don't buy tools for dad if he didn't tell you what kind of tools he needs, okay? No guessing on that. But what about flowers? <laughs> Seems silly. But you know what? There is a florist, an online teleflora, that has come up with the idea to market flowers for dad on Father's Day. I mean, it seems silly, but think about it. <laughs> Celebrate his special day with a true classic. This 65 Ford Mustang in a classic poppy red with a bold bouquet of one-of-a-kind collectible gifts he'll always treasure. Or perhaps beep beep, say happy Father's Day to your favorite 48 Ford pickup fan with this whimsical... Bouquet arranged in a reusable keepsake that will look great on his desk for years to come. <laughs> and then, of course, beep, beep, once again. I think they're a little redundant here. Uh, Dad's sure to love this one. A colorful Father's Day bouquet and a spray of roses, sunflowers, riding in the back of a classic Chevy pickup. Let's face it. These people don't know what to get Dad for Father's Day. <laughs> But fortunately for you and I, the Word of God has exactly what every one of us needs on this here Father's Day. So turning yet once again with me to Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to dive in here in verse 22. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. All right. Obviously, the Word of God has the answers to every question that you might have, my friends. And this chapter, this, this section of Scripture we're going to look at could be entitled, God's Plan for the Family. Everyone's included in this one here, my friends. And it lays out the steps that every member must take for a family to honor God and serve one another and be a building block of a healthy culture, which is the family. It is the building, it is the foundation of a, of a healthy culture. If a culture is going to be healthy, friends, the family must be. So take a look with me here in verse 22, where we see uh, three instructions here, my friends, directed specifically to the husbands or the fathers in the family Instruction to dad shot for every, every one of us here this morning. And the first instruction to dad is to love your wife. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head 
of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Lead your wife. You, according to the scriptures, the word of God, men are the head of the family. And as the head of the family, you're leading. You know what leading means? It means to go on before someone else, to show them the way. Doesn't mean to sit in a chair and tell everyone what to do. That is not leadership. Lead your wife. You're the head of the church. Now look, the, the scripture here says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Hey guys, show them what it looks like to submit. You're a follower of Christ? Yeah, disciples? Disciples follow Christ, right? They submit their lives to God. Show the ladies how it's done. Well, just tell them, friends, show them. Lay it out. The head of the family, make your wife's role an easy one by modeling submission. What does that look like? What are you talking about? Does the Bible say that? Yeah, just like Jesus who gave himself to the, for the church. That is the model for every father. Love your wife. Submit your life, investing in hers. So you're the head of the family, but you know what else, friends? You're accountable for your leadership. In 1 Peter chapter 3, there's a passage, I, I, I just it, it sticks in my brain. And whenever I think about the role of a, of, of a father, of a husband, I am drawn to this passage. Likewise, the instruction is from Peter... Wives, be subject to your own husbands, so some consistency here, so that even if some do not obey the word. So here we have some instruction for wives who have married husbands. Perhaps um, they were married before either one of them trusted Christ, or maybe the wife came to faith later on, or perhaps they both pro uh, professed a faith in Christ, but the husband doesn't seem to be living it out. Peter suggests, be subject to your own husband so that even if some do not obey the word, the word of God, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty, imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. <laughs> My wife gets a kick out of that one. She calls me Lord and then rolls her eyes. I'll tell you what, friends. Submission is a difficult thing. It goes against everything that boils on inside of us. We want our own way. We want to stand tall. And submission sounds like losing. 
That is exactly what Jesus did. The Father sent him into the world. For what reason? To teach, to be an example? No, ultimately to die for someone, for me and for you. Christ, say it with me, Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. That's the gospel right there. He submitted his life to his Father and for the church. Friends, submission is leadership. When you stop, for your, get your focus off yourself and put it on someone else, it goes against our sin nature that says, me, 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 me. But this is how holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. And then we come to verse 7. And don't miss this. It sounds like we're talking about ladies again here. Again, I said we got something for everyone. Likewise, husbands. Don't miss this, men. Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Now, this word weaker vessel here seems is vastly understood. It sounds like she's weak and can't take care of herself. No, no, no. The picture here is the finest of China. I got great big mugs you could drop from six foot high and they'd be just fine. But we also have some china that I wouldn't want to drop from six inches. You treat it carefully and honorably and respectfully. That is how a husband should treat his wife. So, my friends, the first instruction is to lead your family, lead your wife. You're the head of that family, and you are accountable for that leadership. But here it is. Don't miss this. There's a comma after this. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. And then Peter adds this so that your prayers may not be hindered. Don't miss this. If you don't care for that woman as God has instructed you to do so, no, 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 don't, don't talk to me until you get this right, lest your prayers be hindered. concrete ceiling and your prayers are bouncing off, which is, by the way, the truth of anyone who sins. And that's what exactly what this is, is sin. God has instructed a husband to love his wife, not himself. It's sin. And when we sin, we break fellowship with God. Let it be a warning here, my friends. Heed these words carefully. Hmm. Now, the first instruction is to lead your wife. The second, and what does this have to do with being a father, leading your wife? You want to be a blessing to your children? Show them how to love their mother. You got sons? 
lay it out for them that they might be godly husbands as well. You're laying down some big footprints, but you better ask yourself this question, where are they leading? Where are they leading? My father did not love my mom the way I thought she, he should have. He was somewhat careless about her and I mean, there didn't seem to, I, you know, every Friday they went down to Kellogg Center on the campus of Michigan State University. They always had dinner together, but there never really seemed to be any real romance of love and in looking forward to seeing one another at the end of the day. And I believe it is, it is, it is an issue that his father was a chief engineer on a ship and he was gone 10 months out of the year. He grew up only seeing stuff in the movies and never saw his dad love his mom. Great detriment to him. Great detriment, which is why you probably see me overdo it with Melanie. You know, all the stuff on Facebook. Yeah, we got doing construction around here, and someone keeps writing Dave loves Melanie on the walls, you know? Because one thing I want for sure is that my kids know it and my wife surely knows it. And it's not just the words and the things you write, but the way you live. Love your wives. Love your wives. You want to be a blessing to your kids? Show them how. Here in verse 25, as we see that exact instruction. I mean, we've seen this leading of our family, of our wives, but notice here this loving in verse 25, husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So if you're going to love your wife, love her sacrificially. That's what love is, right? Love is a sacrificial investment in someone else's life. They are not just words. They are not just feelings. The feelings follow these actions. Love sacrificially. Just like Christ loved the church and gave his life for the church. But don't stop there. Verse 27, love your wife purposefully so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. This is how Christ loved the church, purposefully investing in that woman that she might be all that God intends for her. The number one purpose of a man loving a woman is helping her, investing in her helping her see even beyond what she can see in herself to become what it is that God had designed her to be. Purposefully. God, Christ loved the church so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. And then in verse 28, love your wife adoringly. Let that word sink in, my friends. In the same way, verse 28, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. 
I mean, he who loves his wife loves himself. That's true. You know, a little phrase they put on little coffee cups, happy wife, happy life. It's true. You invest in your wife, you're investing in yourself. You help her grow, you have a more mature wife. You know, have a wife who discovers her gifts and her talents and becomes all that she can be. That's the kind of wife you have. You love your wife, you love yourself. Verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Cherish her. What does it mean to adore? You get a dictionary, look it up. You to see something in a very high view, my friend, to adore, to love, to appreciate. Love your wives, men. Love your wives. And then here in verse 31, we see, love your wife obediently. Therefore, this is a quote. See if you recognize where it came from. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And this is where Paul just begins to lose it, thinking about this great love, this great gift that God has given both men and women to be in this kind of a relationship. He says, this, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying it that, it, that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. You see, the word of God says, men, love your wives. This is a matter of obedience. You love her obediently. You want a healthy family? Let's start in the leadership. Love one another. And then we come to chapter 6. Chapter 6. Paul's plan for the family here that he lays out, God's plan for the family here, be, continues with this instruction, love your children. How do we do that? The word love gets thrown around a lot. And we, we seem to think that it just means feel good about somebody. You know? It's not what it means at all. Love is a sacrificial investment in someone else's life. How to do it? To love your children purposefully. Paul lays out here God's plan. Teach them to obey. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Hmm. Love your kids. It takes time, it takes energy, it takes thought, it takes preparation. That's love. You want to be the goat of all dads, greatest of all time? Yeah, it ain't going to be in a mug, my friend. It's going to be in your actions. Love them purposefully. And note this, my friends, we send kids off to daycare centers when they're little kids, and when we get old, they send us off to nursing homes. Hey, why don't you teach them to love? 
and to sacrifice and say no to themselves by your example of how you said no to yourself and yes to your kids. And note this, my friends, their future depends on it. Verse 2 here of chapter 6, we see, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. I mean, you know the ten, right? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down to any idols. You know, shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Honor them. This is foundational in a relationship that we honor one another. And kids, honor your father and mother. But notice this. Of all of these commandments that we could go through, all ten, this one is connected to a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. People who know how to honor their parents know how to honor others along the way. Changes their lives to know what a healthy, honoring relationship looks like because they're in one with their family. Change their life. Their future depends on it. And so love your children purposefully. Love your children carefully. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not frustrate them. You know how you frustrate a kid? Put them in a little tiny box. Give them no room to grow. The smaller the box and the more control, the more angry and rebellious they will become. Teach them how to live and to grow and provoke your children to anger. It, it, it's, it never really says that about moms. Moms don't provoke your children to anger. It's not like moms don't know how to do that. But what, what principle we find here is don't provoke anyone to anger. And finally, love your children obediently. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And there it is. Dads lead the way. Dads lead the way. Model it with your wife. Invest in those kids. Prepare them not just how to make a living, but how to live in a way that honors God. Let's wrap it up here. Put it in a sentence, my friend. Honoring dad makes his job a whole lot easier. Dad, show him how. Sure, the instruction is for children to honor their father and their mother. Parents, show them how. Model it. Live it out. Honor one another. And fathers, take your responsibility as seriously as God does. God has placed people into your care, and with the assignment is accountability. He will all answer for our choices and our deeds. Children, honor your father and your mom. 
Just because it's Father's Day doesn't mean we're forgetting that one. <laughs> Honor them. It doesn't matter what age they're. It doesn't say when you're little kids. Honor your mother and father. And finally, don't miss this. If you have failed in the past, and it is guaranteed that you have because we are fallible, we are weak, today's a good day to start over. Today's a good day to go back and take a look at Ephesians chapter 5 and say, where am I in this? What is my role? What is it that the Word of God instructs me? How to have a great marriage, a great relationship with my children and with my parents. My parents have been gone since the 90s. If you still have your parents, go honor them. Go honor them. Honor them with your time and with your words. Honor them with your lives.